0: What's up coaches with fall football either just now getting here or it's about to get here for you just like it was uh, for me here in a week. Uh, we've got a lot of different things for you on our website, runthepower.com. You can find videos, articles, other podcast episodes all uh, over there at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software at high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from the top SEC strength coaches that will show you exactly how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, go to TeamBuilDR.com and enter the code RTP. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Just Play. Whether you're an individual looking for a personal playbook tool or on staff for a program looking to improve your team's preparation, Just Play has a solution for you. This week we'd like to tell you about their newest product, my just play my just play is a personal playbook tool for coaches at all levels create and organize your playbook with terminology diagrams video and assignments all starting at just ten dollars a month learn more at myjustplay.com that's myjustplay.com this episode is brought to you by guardian caps got linemen cap them during practice with guardian cap helmet covers These caps reduce up to 33% of the impact and are great for the repetitive, sub-concussive blows that add up through the season. Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas, and 100-plus more colleges are using them, so why not get them for your guys? They're currently running their summer promo, which is 22 caps for $950 uh, and free shipping. So go to GuardianCaps.com for a quote. And lastly, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Huddle. Your ideal Friday night during football season probably goes like this. An awesome W for the team, an instant game film upload, and at least a few hours of sleep. Huddle can help make it all happen with just one product, Huddle Sideline. With instant replay at your disposal, you can help your team make any necessary adjustments in real time. You don't have to wait for halftime. But not only does Sideline improve your chances of getting that W, it also makes post-game uploads a breeze. Every clip your camera records can be uploaded from an iPad over Wi-Fi. If you have multiple angles, the app will automatically intercut them. You can even ODK each clip during the game. That data gets uploaded too. Nothing like a head start on your analysis to give you a sound night's sleep, right? Get this add-on to your Huddle subscription now to make sure you're ready for a successful and well-rested season. Visit huddle.com slash sideline for more details. Again, that's huddle.com slash sideline. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Chili Davis. Coach Davis is currently the inside receivers coach and assistant special teams coordinator at New Mexico State University. Listen as we talk with Coach Davis about his playing career and early coaching journey all over the United States, how playing DB has helped him as a wide receivers coach, and the importance of finding tough, unselfish skill athletes to play and dominate on special teams. You can follow Coach Davis on Twitter at ChiliDavisNMSU. Hope you guys enjoy.
1: Chili Davis. I coach the inside receivers here at New Mexico State. Um, started my playing career in high school at Thomasdale High School, which is in Chester, Virginia. Um, from there, I went on to play collegiately at Campbell University, which is in North Carolina. Played defensive back there and, and mostly special teams. Really enjoyed my career there, my time there. Uh, was a big blessing. Met my wife there. Uh, I, got, I had two roommates in college that I still keep in touch with uh, to this day. They both were at my wedding. Uh, got my first job there. Started coaching right after I played. Was hired literally the day after graduation, I was in a staff meeting, which was, uh, was pretty cool. Uh, from there, I coached there for two years, and from there I went to Louisiana Tech. Was a run, I was a running backs uh, graduate assistant, had a lot of fun there. Uh, my first bowl game experience and win, uh, won the New Orleans Bowl in 2015. Uh, from there, I went to Fordham University, which is in uh, the Bronx, New York, coached the corners there. my first full-time job. Um, and from there, I, I came out here to New Mexico State, where uh, I came in as a graduate assistant. Uh, was promoted to tight ends last season, and now uh, I'm working with the inside receivers. So it's just a little bit of my background, just as far as my journey and the roles I've had at different programs. Well
0: coach, a, well, coach, a pretty big jump uh, in scenery, probably going from uh, Ruston, Louisiana, to, uh, to the Bronx the next year.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> there, it's funny. It's funny, I was, uh, so I moved up to the Bronx and they got me in this uh, apartment And it's during softball season. It's about uh, February, late February. So I'm out there watching a softball game and someone takes a picture of me and a couple of other people that are in the stands and everyone else looks really comfortable, you know, and I'm just, I have this look on my face and I just was looking at the picture and couldn't help but think like, dang, just two weeks ago, I was in Louisiana. I had shorts on, you know, and now I'm up here with the, Hoodie and jacket and and a beanie on with sweatpants and thinking about buying some Timberland boots because I'm gonna need them. And, you know. <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure. I'm sure Louisiana Tech's a great school to go to. Uh, I got the I don't know privilege is the right word, but uh, I did go down there and play in in one of my games and it was um, it was it was an experience for sure. Just the whole uh, the whole atmosphere of it, but uh, they definitely love their football there
1: absolutely they really do um it's a unique experience you know growing up in virginia uh you know you hear about states that have uh, a great deal of pride in their athletics and especially football um so you know you hear about texas and california um but louisiana man they are so proud mm-hmm. of their football programs i'm talking from little league on up you know and and they take a great deal of uh, pride in developing um, players so that, that they do a great job in that state of um, you know showing the guys that football can not only take you places athletically but also um, in other aspects of your life as well so they do a great job.
2: Coach man I want to ask you you know you, you mentioned your wife you know what, what's it like for your wife having to go you know did she go with you from Ruston to, to you know the Big Apple and then all the way down, down to, to basically you know a few miles from the, the Mexican border las cruces i mean where where, where's she kind of at with all that and and how's that been for for her
1: so it's interesting um this is the first place we've lived together new mexico okay so when i graduated i did two years there uh at campbell where she was still in in school and then we um did the long distance thing when i was in louisiana and when i was in new york so um, you know we weren't married yet, so we were kind of were just like, okay, we're going to do the long distance thing and and uh, we knew we wanted to be together, so we just said let's do it and, and God led us through that you know, okay He helped us, he guided us he he showed us uh, you know how to go about that uh, the best way possible. Um, she understood what I really wanted to do, and at the time she had just got a really good job mm-hmm. um, she just got a really good job too so you know, I said, hey, babe, you know, I, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. You know what I'm saying? I don't really don't know what to expect. You just got a really good job. You worked your, you know, you worked really hard to get that. And let's just let God lead us through this long distance thing. And he did. Um, it was not easy, but uh, it definitely was something that uh, has made our relationship uh, better. So this is her first, uh, this is our first time living together in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And, and that, so to answer your, your question, I was simply nervous to bring her out here uh, because she's born and raised uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So she, she went to high school there, you know, she went to college in North Carolina, so she had never left the state. Um, we were engaged when I was in New York, so we were planning on living in New York. Um, so then one day I called her and said, hey, babe, remember you were planning on living in New York? Well, now we're going to live in uh, New Mexico. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, she didn't bat an eye. She was extremely supportive. Um, she always has been. And you know, I wouldn't want to have anyone else uh, you know, by my side just going through life and this coaching profession as well.
0: Well, Coach, uh, you know that's a uh, quite a few years uh, to be a GA, obviously, um, and and something that is a a grind for sure. From every, you know, I've personally never done it, but Coach Walls has, and and every person that that I've ever talked to, you know, the grind of that, and then also to to take home uh, how minimal GAs make. You know, I think Walls uh, actually went through and did. You know, by the hour, and it was obviously pennies on the hour. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to to kind of have that, what was that belief like in yourself to say, uh, I, I know I can do it, and, and to just keep going through that GA life, and and but to still be able to see that light at the end of the tunnel, and know that uh, uh, you know I keep working my ass off and 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 learning and, and doing a great job, and and having that faith that okay, I, I know that eventually I'll get my own
1: position. So it's interesting, you, know, you said that. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that I got my first job literally the day after I graduated. Uh, Mike Menner had just got on the staff when I was uh, at Campbell and uh, he, he brought me on. Well, you know, I, I was trying to get on the staff. So, you know, one night we're at a basketball game and coach Menner was just introduced and then I was in the press box with them. And, and um, one of the coaches said, Hey, Mint wants to meet with you tomorrow. I said, "Okay, great. This is my chance to kind of present myself to him, and and hopefully, you know, good things come from this conversation." So we sit down, and I kind of explained to him who I was. Told him I played there for five years, um, really loved it there. Just got into graduate school there, and he goes, "He goes, okay. I got some good news. I got some bad news." I said, "Okay, great." He said, "The good news is I have a job for you." I'm like, "Fine, that's that's fantastic." He says, "As a matter of fact, I have." two jobs for you i said great and so i'm you know i'm excited and and he goes well the bad news is there's no money zero (laughs) god dog (laughs) so i said okay that's cool no problem no problem um you know my parents were extremely supportive of me and and i told my mom i never forget i was in my dorm room one night and i was still playing and I was telling my mom what I wanted to do after I graduated. And I had a picture of, uh, I think I had a picture of Tony Dungy and Mike Tomlin uh, shaking hands or something like that. And I said, Ma, this is what I really wanna do. I, I think this is, my, this is my thing, this is my deal. Will you just believe in me? And you know, my mom and dad have always supported everything I, I've done and they said, yes, we will, um, but as long as you're getting your education. So that's why I applied to graduate school, um, you know, and they supported me through it. That's why I, w- I really wasn't tripping when Coach Mentor said there was no money because um, my mom, you know, her biggest thing was that I, I continued to learn. And, and she knew when I gave her that look, like, hey, I can do this, I, I think she kind of knew, like, okay, he's, he's serious about this. So my first job, I made zero dollars and zero cents. OK, and I I take a great deal of pride in being able to say that I left Campbell making, you know, 17 grand. And I thought I was rich. I thought I was like balling when I when I when I got to that amount. But, you know, I never was really focused on the money. I just was focused on doing a good job and learning football and being able to uh, get things done the right way. My philosophy is if you're good enough, they have to pay you. If you're good enough, they have to. Um, and, and, you know, it's a performance-based business, um, but I'm a faith-based guy. So I believe that once I, you know, submit my, my job and my gifts uh, back to God and, and let him lead the way, um, I'm, in, I'm in the best hands possible. So, you know, financially, yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, it was tough. We called it the rough life when I was at Louisiana Tech we had four GAs and mm-hmm. I mean we ate the same meals we we would tag team who was gonna go pick up this or pick up that I mean we had it down to a system as far as who had the specials what restaurants had the the taco special or the you know the um the brisket special or whatever that that particular time especially in Ruston and we just made it work and, we all knew that, you know, we're going to get that, that job or that title or that position and and bring in some money. But the focus was always on doing a good job.
2: Yeah. I, I love the, the GA lifestyle. You know, we, we did a lot of the same stuff when I was at at Tulsa and and not to mention all all of us live together too. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you'd all be in the, in the same house. And and of course we all have access to film. You Mm -hmm. know, those were some of the coolest film sessions we ever had. I mean, we, we borrowed a projector and we, we brought it home so we, we could actually, you know, watch our Apple TV and, <laughs> and watch, our, watch our videos and stuff because, you know, none of us could afford a nice TV. But, dude, right. that projector got used all the time. We had whiteboards up in our living room. I mean, it was, it was, it was a great, great place to, to be able to, to not only, yeah, do your, your grad classes and your grad work, but, man, did we learn a lot of
1: football. So, so we were at La Tech. And there was a room, uh, a room, it was four of us in there. That room could go from eating to breakdowns to studying for a test all in the same day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it would be a, you know, like you said, we'd be on there with the whiteboards and it wouldn't be any plays on it. would be a formula for whatever exercise science class we were in. <laughs> or it would be, okay, guys, you guys are checking these classes. We're checking these so, we need you know you guys to make sure that you let us know if this guy's in this class, or if any guy tells you he's you know uh you know running five minutes late, make sure you communicate. so we were like brothers, um we supported each other, we were in there giving each other mock interviews and helping each other out with resumes and um you know it was really looking back, it was really special just to see the amount of time that we spent uh either in the facility or together and it was you know, like I said, you know, you were in it together, so it was really fun. Coach,
0: coach you- Go, uh coach, something that Walls always always really talked about is is just the amount of film that uh that you get to watch as a GA. I, I don't know if gets the right word, but at a time it's it's have to. But obviously in the off season at different times, there's as a GA, you're living every high school coach's dream as far as uh, you you probably got more film that you wouldn't even know what to do with, and so yeah. were there some teams that, as a GA that you were like, man, I, I really like this offense. I really like what these guys do, and 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 uh, any teams like that that you would try to, or coaches maybe even that you'd try to get a hold of their film uh, to to learn even more about those systems.
1: Yeah, so so one of those first jobs that Mentor had for me at Campbell, I was a video coordinator. Uh, I was a video coordinator and. Um, his special teams assistant. So obviously, I was the first person in the entire building that got the film. Um, so you know, one thing he taught me, he said, "Okay, once you get the film and you put it in the system, I just want you to watch the film. Just literally, just press play, and I want you to give me the style of play. Like, just write down what you see. So it could be something like, you know." Uh, This guy is the most explosive guy on the field whenever he's on the field, or or this guy when he hits people they go backwards, Um, or this guy once he gets two steps on uh, on an opponent you know he's he's scoring a touchdown. So I was able to see a lot of uh, great uh, teams and and film. I'm just trying to think one thing that kind of stood out to me, and and it was more so he was kind of close, but. When I got my hands on some, at the time it was uh, old Oklahoma State film, um, and it was the receiver play. They were coached by Gunnar Brewer, mm-hmm. and, and at the time I was at Campbell. Uh, Coach Brewer was at UNC Chapel Hill, so I was able to go there and get help. You know, from their video guys, they helped me just be a good video coordinator. So in between time, I would either be uh, you know talking with Coach Brewer, or they would show me. Uh, some game film or just even some practice film of how he instructed the receivers and so you know when you asked me that question that kind of stood out to me as just you know a guy when you're early in the in the profession you know year one year two and you just you look at him and and his success that he's had um at the position you know he's the first guy that kind of stood out to me, just the style of play, the receivers, being physical, um, being productive. He's been productive a number of places. And so, you know, just, I would say for me, based on where I was at the time, my first experience being a, an assistant, um, in the Chapel Hill receiver play. And then, you know, obviously, um, any NFL film you got was cool. And Coach Minner had a, so much NFL film. Um, you know, he, played in the NFL for a while, so that was always good too. But I could always remember just watching it. You know, that, that's, that's, you know?
0: <laughs> that's right. That, that's a really interesting way um that, that he had you first watch film that I haven't necessarily heard anyone else uh you know ever ever touch on. Is that something that uh you still do to this day or or do you still have maybe a GA or or someone watch it that way or or um do you think that's just more for um that was more for your gain, uh, not necessarily for the team's gain?
1: No, I think I, I, I definitely still use it. Um, I just believe in the method of just pressing play. Your film says all I need to know. So I, I've used it with, uh, you know, guys that think they should be playing more. I've used it for scouting uh, or, you know, uh, scouting reports, things of that nature. Just simply press play and write down what you see. So even in the recruiting process, you're just evaluating. You're just writing down. You're just making note of what is visual. And you know, in a lot of times, when you don't do that, you know, you start to um, lose sight of what you're really, what you're really watching. You know, it, people they'll start to they'll start to look at the stats and say, oh. Well, this guy's the best receiver. Well, does the film say he's the best receiver or do, do the stats say he's the best receiver? You know what I'm saying? Or, mm-hmm. or just just how is that guy playing and how do people react when he's on the football field? So I absolutely still use it, uh, you know, to this day as just uh, my first uh, introduction to whoever our opponent is. Just watch the film. And then you start getting into situational ball and start getting into, you know, I want to look at their third downs and their red zones and their goal line uh, defenses and things of that nature. But early on Sunday nights, you know, we're in there as a staff. We do it. We just watch the game film. And then, um, you know, that even that night sometimes I'll, I'll stay in there and just even from a special teams perspective, just, just press play, write down what you see.
2: I think that's a really good point. I mean, it's, it is one thing I learned as a GA too. I mean, there's a couple of guys that kind of stand out. You know, we're, we're playing uh, UAB and uh, JJ Nelson, who ends up, you know, getting drafted playing with the Cardinals, but he was a, a kind of an unknown receiver at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he comes out against us and, and catches a couple of, of huge touchdown passes and people are like, well, dude, who is this guy? You know, he didn't have any stats. Mm-hmm. When you kind of go back and you, you watch the film and you're like, man, this is a guy you had to be scared of because he could really fly. I mean, he's like a 10-3, 10-4 kid in, in high school. right? And then I remember when going into the bowl game and I'm breaking down uh, BYU and Ezekiel Ansa was, was a backup defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like, you know, I'm not looking at stats. I'm just watching the film. and I'm like, man, this dude's got a lot of qualities. That, you know, we need to slide to this guy. When this guy's in the game, we got to have a plan for him. Yeah. But, like, if I would have just looked at a stat sheet like a lot of GAs do and just say, oh, he's got four sacks, mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about any of these guys, you got to be able to see some of those attributes, like you said, that really jump out on screen. Right. And not to mention as well, when you're recruiting, it's like, whoa, this guy has a burst or this guy, mm-hmm. this guy is tough and this guy's, you know, gone against some of the best teams in, in Texas and lit it up and maybe he's undersized. So, I mean, I think it makes a really, really good point. Get those first impressions going.
1: Absolutely. You, you have to, you have to, you know, the film tells you everything. You know, I know the, you know, the term film don't lie. Um, so it, it tells you the story of the team and, and just their style of play, you know, just how do they go about uh, seeking a win? And, you know, some teams that like to run down your throat, some teams like to pass it, some uh, you know, teams like to target or feature a certain person. Um, so it tells you everything you need to know.
2: Coach, coming from the defensive side, I know you said you played DB and, and now you're coaching on the offensive side. You know, what, what advantages does that have? Uh, and, and maybe what, what kind of perspective or lens does that help you maybe bring to the, uh, to the receiver room, uh, you know, kind of going from your playing career and also coaching on that side of
1: the football? Right. Um, you know, playing defensive back in, in high school and in college, first off, I had a lot of – I had two really great defensive back coaches. Uh, Greg Williams, and then we ended uh, my career with um, Brian Butterworth. They both were extremely detailed and they were extremely passionate about the position. They cared about your success in every aspect of the game. So if it was in the passing game or in the run game, or and a lot of those, both of those guys had a lot of special teams responsibilities. You know, I remember at Campbell, our entire kickoff team at one point was DBs. It was, uh, it was, there were 10, 10 DBs on the kickoff team. And our DBs coach took a great deal of pride in that. He, he trusted us and um, he, you know, so you can imagine our position meetings, he crammed in some, some, some kickoff film in that, in that part of the meeting. (laughs) <laughs> um, this, he can make sure everybody was good to go. But, you know, playing the position uh, and then switching over to offense, it just opened my eyes up to so many things um, just from a, you know, footwork perspective and, and even where to put your eyes, you know, where, where, where to really uh, – sep- how to separate yourself, if we're talking receiver play, how to truly separate yourself by using your, your eyes or having your feet a certain way or protecting your chest, because I know what the defensive back is being taught. I know when he's being taught to reroute, this is how he's going to reroute you, or this is what he's trying to do. Or when he's told to play off man, this is where his feet need to be. If he's a well-trained DB, this is where his eyes need to be. And and this is how he's going to guard you. So, pretty much you just flip everything over um, to an offensive perspective and you say, Hey, well, this is what this guy's being taught. This is what we need you to do. And so this is the best way to go about it. You know what I'm saying? so Mm -hmm. that, that really, that experience uh, was, uh, you know, extremely valuable to me because it just gives you um, the, the other side of it. And so you kind of, you kind of understand what you need to be looking for as a receiver or as an offensive player so that you can um, be successful in the end.
2: Is that something you carry over, like, too, kind of with, like, a, a mentality? Um, I know, I mean, everyone, again, you, you never speak in, in generalizations, but everyone thinks that, you know, quote, wide receivers are soft, right? They, they say that, and then they always want to say, quote, DBs can't catch. You know, right. so it's always kind of the, the back and forth. Is that something you try to bring then to, you know, the receiver room? Like, hey, man, everybody knows the knock on us is, is we're soft. So, right. you know, we need to be a little bit tougher and not to mention, hey, man, I coach special teams. I want to see receivers playing special teams.
1: Oh, no doubt. You hit it right on the head right there. When, when, I was, uh, when I was coaching at La Tech, we had a big sign in the room, in the running back room. It said, how many special teams are you on? It says a lot about you. Mm-hmm. And you know that that style of play, just from a defensive back position, uh, I naturally brought it over because those two guys inspired me to get into coaching. I was with them every day, and um, you know, just sit. I remember I used to sit right next to Coach Williams every single meeting, and just seeing how he handled the good days, seeing how he handled the bad days, seeing how he handled, you know, reading the grade report <laughs> um, off to the guys and the attendance uh, report off to the guys. Man, it just inspired me. To, 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 to want to do the same thing. And, and his toughness and his, um, I, I would probably call it his, uh, his pride in performance um, really stood out to me. So naturally I brought it over to whatever position I'm coaching, whether I'm coaching tight ends, receivers, running backs, corners, you know, just toughness. That, that has to be um, said about you in the first sentence if anyone's describing you as a football player. So I don't care if you play running back, receiver. If, you're, if you want to be respected, that work must be said about you at some point. Um, so you know, I, we, we do a great job here at New Mexico State. Coach Martin and, and uh, Coach Corey Martin and I we are all, all offensive guys here. And, you know, the number one thing that we tell our receivers, you know, if you're not blocking, you're not, you're not, you're not the total package of what we're looking for. You're not um, a guy that, that really is getting the most uh, from the team, or the team's not getting the most out of you. And so even in special teams, our special teams coordinator, Ronnie Pence, his philosophy or his mindset is do more. Everyone in here has got to do more. So if you can catch – if you can get open and catch the ball and run for touchdowns, that's great. But find a way to make an open field tackle. Find a way to protect the punt. You know, you guys, we have offensive linemen, and, and you guys, okay, yeah, of course, you guys can, um, can uh, you know, block power, block counter, but can you also make the right uh, call on our punt team, you know, things of that nature. And, and those types of things, it's just the mindset. It's just a toughness and a willingness to do more so that everyone is at their best. I,
2: I agree hundred percent too, and I think it shows again, you know, the, the the other thing people say about receivers is you know how you know prima donnas and selfish they are. When you play special teams, it, it, it completely says how unselfish you are as a football player. I'm willing to run down, I'm willing to block, I'm willing to to do whatever it takes for this team to, to give ourselves the best field position, whatever it may be, and make those, you know, quote unquote dirty work plays. Right. Those are the guys that, that make a football program.
1: Right. And, you know, one thing with that is, you know, I grew up, um, I wouldn't say I was a huge fan of the Broncos, but naturally I was a fan of anyone that had the same last name as me. So uh, Terrell Terrell Davis, Davis, you know what I'm saying? And I think you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. I was raised under the understanding that he had to pretty much hit someone really, really hard on kickoff to be in serious consideration just just to make the team um, his first year in Denver. And, you know, uh, he went on to have a, a great career as a rusher, but he made a name for himself by knocking someone in the dirt on kickoff. And, you know, I still preach that to my players. Now do they know exactly who Terrell Davis was? Maybe, maybe not. But when you put the film on and you tell the story, say, Hey guys, this was, one of the NFL's top rushers, you know, and this is him on kickoff. And so, you know, they see that. And it, and it's not – and a lot of times when a, when a receiver or a running back, they hear special teams, they think, okay, returner. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They think, okay, oh, you mean can I catch punts? Can I catch kicks? Yeah, that's cool, but can you cover them? That's, that's the mindset that I, I want a guy that says, coach, I can return it. And I can tackle it, and that's when you got a guy like you said that's really uh, you know about the team and about everyone um, doing more so that the team can be successful.
0: Coach, I, I love all of that, and and uh, you know I kind of want to get back to a point you know you talked a little bit about uh, what you were looking at recruiting, and then you'd also kind of said, I, I believe that uh, therefore, while you were the tight ends coach mm-hmm. um, to me, such a difficult position because uh, at least where I'm at at high school, we use a tight end, and there's there's still yeah. high schools around us in Oklahoma that that use one, um, and so you know everyone's looking for that tight end. But I always say that if you've got one of those big freaky tight ends, unfortunately, normally he's playing another position in high school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's the starting linebacker as a freshman, and so you're you're probably not getting him as your as your tight end to develop that, and so. When you guys are are recruiting or, or when you're looking for maybe even a, a tight end type guy and know maybe uh, you know looking for that type guy are you are you broadening that horizon too or are, are you looking for maybe the big slightly slower receivers? are you looking for the uh, really super athletic small tackles um, and then does uh, that go on even maybe even now with receivers that are already at uh, at your school? that maybe they're not quite cutting it at, at, at receiver, but uh, they're a big-bodied guy that you could bump
1: down in there. Right. I, you, know, um, you know, you hit it right on the head. You're always trying to, you know, find a guy that, you know, number one has the measurables that you're looking for, um, whether he's, you know, 6'4 plus or whether he weighs 225 pounds and has the ability to catch. And, Um, so, you know, we're always looking for those types of bodies, um, and, and they're not easy to come over, uh, they're not, they don't easily come to you, you know, you have to project, you have to be able to, to say, okay, well, this guy, he has these measurables, he has this mindset. And I think, you know, with some development, he could be a guy that can put his hand down or, or be in an off position and and do some things. and, And that, from that perspective. Um, so, yeah, we've had, you know, I asked, I asked the guys, hey, what did you play in high school? And one would say, oh, I'll play defensive end. And we had two defensive end and, and one guy who did play, you know, some tight end, but he was also a really great basketball player. You know what I'm saying? So those athletic, big body types of guys, and I know, I know programs that, you know, they'll look for you know, just a, a really undersized power forward in high school. And they'll say, "Hey, you know, we we think that you can have you have a future as a, as a football player um, because you have the the size mixed with the athleticism um, that a lot of people are looking for. So you have to be able to project and and kind of um, you know uh, be creative when how you attack uh, you know, bringing in guys that play that position um, because it is a unique one nowadays." Um, like you said, not a lot of high school teams feature a tight end um simply because they don't have one and um so when you do have the ability to be around some, you, you do a great job of recruiting those types of guys and and developing them as well so that's kind of how we go about it
2: coach when you have you have guys and i mean obviously the the recruiting process and you've been a, a recruiting coordinator and and done a lot of those things, I'm sure um when what a lot of kids don't understand is, I mean, the the recruiting process is a process of elimination. I mean, you guys are getting, you know, film and, and, and and tips from, from guys all over the place and you're doing your own work at camps and evaluating guys. So, I mean, there's, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of guys out there. What, what are some things that, you know, and a lot of guys are asking, what do I got to do to be recruited? What are maybe some things that are going to eliminate you quickly? Especially in your eyes, like yeah, you know what? Not a chance because because of some of these attributes. What are
1: some things you see that get dudes eliminated almost immediately? Um, I think I- immediately the number one thing is academics. Um, you know, if a guy you know, he's just not he's just not getting it done. He and he isn't showing any signs of improving or any signs of Uh, just getting better with his academics, um, that could be, you know, one thing that just kind of, it kind of alters your thinking as far as where you're at with him in the recruiting process. Uh, I think number two for me would just be attitude and and your mindset. Um, You know, Coach Martin doesn't make any secret about it. We want tough guys. We want uh, specific guys. It takes a unique person a special person to be an Aggie for us. So if a guy, you know, we, we go to practices, we, we make note of how a guy goes about his business and practice, or maybe a scrimmage, things of that nature. And we do a, a great job of talking to high school coaches, um, developing relationships with the parents, uh, things of that nature. So I'd say number two would, uh, or an uh, easy way to kind of get, you know, removed from the list would be any signs of, of laziness or, or uh, just um, maybe even selfishness because uh, those are the types of things that we try to, uh, you know, eliminate. Um, and Cause we just, we want guys that want to be here and want to be developed. So mm-hmm. if you, if you show anything that shows that you don't want that, then that's a sign right there. Okay. Maybe this isn't the type of guy that we need to be um, going after. Um, but those those two things, you know, they kind of stand out as far as um, things that, that can hurt you. Um, and so, you know, I just I try to use my social media uh, as much as I can to try to spread that message, as far as stressing the importance of academics and stressing the importance of of, of working hard. I tell you, the last one is is just being good in the community, having a good. Uh, a good reputation. So, you know, when we ask those high school teachers or guidance counselors or, or coaches, Hey, what do you think of so-and-so? You know, we're looking um, at their facial expression as soon as you bring that name up. And as soon as they go into their, um, you know, how they feel about that guy, we make note of that as well. So, you know, uh, how you are in school, how you are in the community also plays a big part in the recruiting process.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you guys are going to have to be around these kids all the time, and, and, uh, you know, it's something that that, uh, I try to stress with with my guys, and I'm lucky that I got a lot of smart ones a lot of the times, but um, if you're struggling in high school, man, it it gets very, very difficult at times in college with with those college-level courses, even with uh, all the help that, that, you know, these college football teams can give you. Uh, if you're struggling in high school, it's a uh, it's an uphill battle, uh, you know. Some of those kids, they don't. They get into to college and it clicks for them, but uh, right. it, it can get really difficult really quick if, if you're not on it, uh, you know, starting in high school.
1: Right, right, absolutely. You know, sometimes, um, and, and I'm a perfect example of that. In high school, I didn't make the best grades possible, um, but I knew I wanted to play in college. So that, you know, that motivated me to kind of, do better, but when I first got to college, I was kind of like, Whoa, okay, um, how do I develop good study habits? Or how do I develop uh, what's the process uh, needed to write a good paper? And you know, those types of things. And we do a great job preparing those guys for it here, um, but I had a lot of work to do um, on my own, just preparing myself to even have a chance in some of the classes I took. You know, it was just a matter of me uh, prioritizing uh, and and really saying, okay, what's important here, you know, this paper or, or go, go in to hang out or, you know um, what do I really need to be doing right now with my time? Time management is huge. And so, you know, that I'm a, I'm a living example of someone that really had to kind of like turn it on when I got to college, just so I could, you know, be around um, and, and do the things that I really came here to do. Coach, you talked a few times now about
2: you know you just you just mentioned time management and you talk about you know the the things you had to learn, be it in college or be it as a, as a GA. You know, talk a little bit about the the college coaching lifestyle now. I mean, the the recruiting calendar is pretty much gone year round. I mean, now you you can have you know summer official visits and the evaluation periods seem like they're just nonstop. You know. How, how do you find a way to kind of balance it, you know, and, and still get you know some time to spend with your wife and, and your family and, and maybe be able to do some things, you know, that you kind of want to be able to get out and do every now and again to, to get away from the game.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um, my first thing is I just pray and ask God to you know, lead me in a way that I can be really good at my job, but be an even better, uh, Christian, an even better, uh, husband, um, and the things that I'm, I'm here to do with my wife. And, and so just that balance of, okay, when, cause you know, you can be, I could be recruiting all day long with my phone in my hand. I could be recruiting literally all day long. I could be evaluating film. I got the XO's app. I could be watching, you know, I can do everything here from, from the house if I wanted to. Um, but having the, uh, just the desire to be a good husband, and the desire to say, okay, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. So, I uh, I might say, okay, six o'clock here, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm gonna shut it down, you know, or whatever that time might be, or or this day, you know, my wife might say, hey, I'd like to go here and do that and and do this and and have dinner here and and things of that nature. So when she says stuff like that, that lets you know, okay, don't be walking around with your phone in your hand all day. Um, because you're about to get yelled at. Um, so, you know, so, you know those, those types of things, you know, and, and it's not easy um, because everyone wants to be really good in this profession. But uh, I, I want to go down as a, a person that was, that was always there uh, for my wife. We don't have kids yet, but when we do have kids, I want to go down as a person that was, that was there for my kids and, and, and still a good football coach and, and a good um mentor to young men, not only from a football perspective but from a life perspective as well. But you have to be able to find that balance. And it comes for me, it comes from just, hey God, what what uh how do I go about doing this the right way? You know, every day it's it's just a, a conversation, you know, God show me the ways I can be uh at my best at the job so that when I get home I can be the best husband I can be and and that that balance and organization as well um is is what is helping me um do it you know that and that works for me
0: coach you've mentioned uh, obviously your faith a, a couple times it, is that something that that you've grown up with or or is that something you kind of found in your later years I you know I, I was kind of always in it when I was younger I kind of fell out and then uh I kind of got uh, uh served a huge uh you know piece of humble pie and and kind of brought me back to where I where I should have been you know the whole time but um uh, which was extremely important I think that happens uh, a lot of the times but um is that something that's kind of always been with you and then uh, I I've got to imagine that's something that obviously you want to be careful not to uh you know step on anyone's toes in your room but it's something that that maybe even as a college coach you can Discuss a little bit more openly uh, as opposed to a high school coach where, um, you know, we kind of get the, uh, you know, the magnifying glass on us about religion for for whatever reason.
1: Right, right. Um, Well, yeah, from day one, for me, my parents um, are ministers in my church now. And, you know, my dad was in the military. I've lived in the United States, I've lived in Belgium, lived in Italy, Um, no matter where we were number 1 thing is find a house number 1 number 2 thing is find a school number 3 thing is find a job i mean uh find a church excuse me um so that uh for me growing up it's all i know but i know it to work um so i I'll tell you a funny story i got to college and you know that was my first time away from home so i remember getting there in the summer and i had you know, the weekend kind of off or whatever we were done with workouts on Friday, I hung out on Saturday. And that Sunday I just was kind of like hanging out and I was like, man, this is weird. Like it's nine o'clock and I'm not, I'm just in the dorm room. It's 10 o'clock. and I never watched these shows on Sunday. I never even knew this came on on Sunday and you know, 11 o'clock. hits. like, man, this is really weird. Um, and I, I did for me like I had to make that decision. Okay. I I knew I was raised this way, uh, but do I want to continue or, you know, do I kind of want to not continue or, you know, that type of deal. But I I thank God that I made the decision to continue to put God first in my life and, and going to church. That's just, that's just one part of it. Not, Not saying that that's the end all be all of, of walking a, spiritual lifestyle, but um making that decision for me uh has worked in so many ways. Um when I got to Campbell, uh I wanted to transfer. And I never forget it. I was talking with my mom. It was maybe thirty or forty minutes before practice and I was I was saying, Ma like this is this is harder than I ever, you know, expected. I, I you know, can I transfer somewhere else? And she said, no, you know, once you start something, you're going to finish it. You signed up to play there. If they're not doing you dirty or, or doing anything that's disrespectful, you have no reason um, to leave. And, and I mean, I was begging her. And she said, God, God's going to work it out for you there. Just, just stay uh, faithful and continue to do what you know to do that is right and control what you can. And to make a long story short, like I mentioned before, you know, one, I, I achieved my dream of playing college football, and two, uh, I met my wife, and three, I got my first job there. You know what I'm saying? So had I left, only God knows how that would have turned out. Um, but just putting him first and having uh, parents that are constantly supporting you and praying for you, like, for me, that, that's all I know. And to answer your second part of your question, you know, I think the best way to to go about it is just to be a living example of it. You know, I was talking with um, Coach Lovey Smith a couple of, uh, of weeks ago, and we were talking and, you know, he said, you know, it should be in your lifestyle. It should just be in, in how, you, how you carry yourself. You don't have to say you're a Christian. You shouldn't have to say it. People should see it and how you handle situations and how you go about um, correcting people and how you, uh, you know, treat people. Um, so, you know, I understand, you know, there is some, uh, you know, depending on what type of school you're at, you know, what's what's accepted and what's not. You know, Campbell was a Christian school. Um, Fordham was a Catholic school uh, in Mexico State, you know, it's a state school, but it should just be in your lifestyle um, So the point where, you know, people can see it. And then that is kind of, for me, what kind of has sparked some conversation. You know, hey, Coach, you know, I, 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 I see you, uh, you, you You, handle it like this. this. That's in the Bible, you know, or something like that. Or, hey, Coach, where do you go to church at? You know, just things of that nature. Um, so, but they see it. They see it in you. I ain't got to say nothing. Um, because it's 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 visual, so that's kind of how I go about it.
0: I, I love it, and and it is so. In my opinion, uh, and, and it's probably a selfish, I guess, opinion, but um, or, or self fulfilling opinion. But there's so many athletes that have been, especially at division one division one athletes that um, have obviously been really good their whole lives, and and probably think very very highly of themselves. Um, and, and which you know it was very, definitely the point that I was at. And, uh, uh, which makes a lot of people not depend on that higher power, you know, not depend on, on whatever their faith is. And, and, uh, that's where, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, eventually, uh, you know, God's going to knock you down to your knees and, and, and you either go, uh, even deeper and darker or, or you're finally say, yep, I can't handle this and, and only you can. And so, uh, that's, that's, um, but almost uh, inherent with a lot of athletes. And so uh, it, it, I think it's probably a, a huge thing to be able to have a coach that, like you said, you don't have to necessarily talk about it unless they bring it up, I, I, you know, necessarily, but uh, that oh. they can just tell something's, something's different and, and they can tell that uh, just by the way you live out your life and, and treat people and, and treat your, your group. Absolutely. You
1: know, and, and you know, it, it just goes down to, Know, what, what, what you got in this profession for, like why you got into it. And, and for me personally, it was just to uh, give people uh, a positive person in this profession that, that wants to coach them, but not only in, in football, but in life, and just be uh, an example of, hey, you know, you don't have to go about things this way. There is another way that you can go about it that, that is, is successful. And, you know, I'm, I'm by no stretch of the imagination perfect in any, any way. But um, just you want to give these guys just a, 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 um, uh, a visual of someone that walks with, with integrity and, and has some, some morals to them and, so that they hopefully can be inspired uh, to do the same.
2: Coach, you know, you've, you've told a lot lot of great stories and, you know, listening to to your guidance and and your walk, you know, it it brought me back a couple of times just thinking about, you know, the changes that have have come forth in NCAA football. And and maybe, you know, everyone uses the quote society, Uh but, you know, the, the transfer portal, you know, um, you, you talk about your, your story at Campbell and how, you know, if you'd have left, you know, what, what might've happened but mm-hmm. you, you did decide to stick out and, and all of those great lessons. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear you say one time is because, Oh, I, I got to play more or, Oh, I got a shot at the NFL or, Oh, I, I got this, you know, it was, it was three huge life-changing events for you, man. You, you graduated, you met your wife and, and you ended up getting your first job and you found what your passion was, not to mention all the, the hundreds of friends and buddies you had, you know, you mm-hmm. think that, you will know, you think that, Obviously, I get it, man. The the transfer portal. There's going to be toxic situations. You know, coaches leave. It's happening every day.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: there's going to be situations that are bad. But you know, can you talk a little bit about you know, you kind of being that shining light and, and kind of being that that coach and that person that speaks speaks into the kids like, hey, man, it, it isn't going to maybe be all about the the playing time. You're you're getting your education paid for, right. and you're right. you're laying the tracks for your future.
1: Right. I think you kind of hit it on the head when you said society. Um because sometimes society can put pressure on you, put pressure on a young man uh to operate at a level that's just not for him or a timetable that's just not his timetable. You know, um we live in a society now that is uh, they want everything fast. They want everything like right now. That's right. Um, and when I say right now, I mean like yesterday. So, you know, it really comes down to why. Okay. Coach I'm trying to transfer. All right. Why? Because things ain't working out here. Well, maybe that things ain't working out here is code for, I'm not doing what I expected to be doing by the time I expected to be doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that's where you have to just get down to the nitty gritty of why, you know, I've, I've been in programs where we've really benefited from the transfer portal. And I don't even think it was called the transfer portal at the time. We had a grant, we had a grant, we had a grad transfer, uh, who came to us at La Tech, played quarterback for us, and we won nine games. You
2: know what I'm saying?
1: And so, um, but his reason for leaving wasn't, uh, his reason for leaving um, was his reason. And he felt like it was important to him that he got to a place where he could you know, showcase his talents, and he did. Um, so I just think you really have to look into why. Like for, like I told you, I told my mom I wanted to transfer, but I had no reasoning outside of this is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had no other excuse. I, did, I mm-hmm. couldn't say, well, this coach lied to me or, or this coach, you know. Um, you know, I, I, had, I had no legit reason. Mm-hmm. I just was going through a tough, I was going through a position battle. And my first thing was, well, I don't think I, I, I think I could, I think I could play there like right now. And so my mom was like, really, that's, that's all you got. Nah, nah, don't, don't, don't call me unless it's something, uh, you know, serious. Um, because we're not, we're not, we're not about that. Um, and, you know, each situation is different. Each person is different. But I do feel that, you know, a lot of pressure is being put on these guys to do it right now. Right now. Because, you know, even right now, okay, so they're they posting all their offers right now. You know, they're posting all their camp invites right now. They're posting pictures with a lot of jerseys on right now. So um, the next part, next part to that is having a successful – um collegiate career so the first sign of adversity is like whoa whoa this was this was not in the plane this is not how i drew it up i can't tweet this adversity i can't tweet Mm -hmm. this wait a minute i've been tweeting about going here and going there and now i gotta tweet about how i gotta battle it out with two other guys for a travel spot i I ain't gonna get no likes or retweets off of this This is this is low. This is not what I expected. And, you know, that's the part where uh you really have to catch yourself because society will says, "Well, you know, he should be he should be this or he should be that." And you know, I've seen guys have a really great senior year and have all their uh, aspirations of playing in the NFL come true. They had a good senior year, you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. um, it didn't come instantly. It took development. It took a lot of hard work and dedication and sacrifice. And you know, those are the the uh, the traits that we look for in guys—guys guys that are willing to, um, you know, work for what they want, and not—it's not, not going to be given to you. And if it is it's not, it may not even be given to you as fast as you want it. And, you know, that's the part where I feel like it It could kind of get into some trouble because guys are just like, okay, well, it ain't working out here. Why? Peace. I'm out. And, you know, just that, why, why, why are you out? You know, and that's what they have to look at.
0: Well, coach, yeah, I, I'm with you. And then uh, the, you know, the kind of the cool part is uh, my belief always is those guys that are, that are kind of the late bloomers those are the ones that become uh, really, really good football players because uh, the majority of their life, either they were undersized or maybe they just hadn't hit that athletic ability, whatever it is. So their whole life they've had to be perfect with technique or finding little tips, finding little tricks. Well, now when they kind of grow into their body, they grow into their athleticism, whatever that is. Now they've got all that hard work. They've got all those tips and tricks and, and their minds rewired to find uh, the best way to do things, and now they've also
1: got that athleticism on top of it. makes those guys really, really good players. Absolutely. You know, they, they, they see it from a different lens. They see it from a lens Well, you know, I had to work for this. I had to um, compete for this. And, and, you know, it's a formula that they've kind of made whether how they work out or how they eat or how they prepare for games or for practice. It's a formula so that when they are given their shot, all they're doing is simply sticking to the same formula that's got them there. Okay. Hard work was one of the things I used to get here or, um, you know, getting a good amount of sleep was one of the things I used to get here. So I finally got my shot. Well, let me continue to do what has been working for me. Um, and and those those are the types of guys that have that success that you're talking about because all they know is uh, you work for what you want work you work for what you get so you know that that's kind of what separates them when they do get their shot it's just their mindset and their preparation.
2: Coach, can you walk me through a little bit of like I I don't know I think it's still kind of fascinating with with the the whole portal now, but like you know. <laughs> the guy enters the portal what what's the conversation like so he's he's saying hey i'm interested i, I want to go to new mexico state how are you guys like you know scouting him do you call the college coaches i mean do is there like levels of guys like yeah this guy had his blessing to leave this guy screwed him over so they're pissed about him i mean it seems like there's so <laughs> many there's so many different like you know levels of layers of where the guy's at why he's transferring that how do you kind of sift through
1: all the all the smoke? Well, it kind of just goes back to the same thing as as the recruiting process. Um, you form a relationship with that guy and his family and his high school coach, his junior college coach, um, just to kind of get a feel for him. And you you just you know you put things together. Um, yeah, obviously this profession it might seem really big, but it really isn't. So you may know somebody. Um, on that staff or know somebody that was recruiting them as well uh, initially either out of high school or out of junior college. so you just talk talk to the guy like like I said earlier, why okay, you're a transfer reporter why? And you know you hear him out and then you say, well, how do your folks feel about that or how does your your coach feel about that or you know how do you feel about the fact that you're in this situation what what is your mindset going forward? What are you looking to get out of this? So basically you, you're pretty much you're asking the same questions you were in the recruiting process, and you know it, it's just about getting all the information or as much information as possible, and then just forming a uh, a decision off of that. But it, it to me, it's no different than you know how's this guy coming out of high school when you're trying to recruit him. You know, he wants to he a guy at high school wants to play for you. Okay, great. A uh, guy in transfer portal, he may want to play for you uh, as well. So same questions (laughs) who are you uh what's up with you um what are you about um and then you ask other people the same questions and you just form a decision off of that so
2: like I said I I think it's all all interesting stuff and I think you know again it, it the the more information that we you know we can can teach about it and you can be teaching about it you know to kids and things that go forward I think it, it, it's going to help a lot of people. Cause honestly, I think right now, you know, there there's just so many different connotations on the whole process, especially when you're, you're like us in the, you know, the coaching game, you know, coaches are always going to be pretty biased, you know, guys should never transfer and things like that. So it's kind of interesting, you know, I think to, to get the perspective, because, you know, to me, it's, it's always going to be an individual thing, you know, each guy's going to do, do something different.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's just everything, you know, in a nutshell, guys, everything is just—it's a case by case basis, and you're just trying to. Each each case is different. Each guy is different. Each story is different. Um, so you can't, you know, put everyone in the same. boat well, he's in the transfer portal, so he's X Y Z. You know, but you have to really look into it and say, okay, who is this guy? Um, and, and what is he about? So that that's just our mindset uh, as far as that's concerned.
0: Coach, here pretty soon you're going to get your new crop of of young young players in, your freshmen in, and they're going to go through you know their first few weeks of two-a-days. Now I, I realize it's probably not uh, the two-a-days that that all the older coaches talk about, and it is obviously always harder when when they were there 30 years ago. But um, the the time that two-a-days takes, um, uh, you know, now obviously uh, guys get to go through the summers and working out, and so. Um, they're kind of used to what, what fo- college football is, but it's a, it, for me anyways, was a complete culture shock. And I, I thought I was a hard worker. I thought I was a pretty tough kid, but the mental grind of that first year of fall camp, even more than the physical, um, is just, it, it takes its toll, I think, for sure. Uh, is that something that, that you try to work through with some of your younger guys and and, you know, try to give them a little bit of maybe extra encouragement through those, um, those two days, even though uh, I'm sure you guys are even more busy than than the players are, but man, that first two days uh, for those few weeks, it's just all up there, all day, every day, um, and just about the only time you're away is is sleep, and then you're up, and it's more football. It's kind of a it's hard on everybody, but it's definitely a culture shock for those new guys coming in.
1: Right, absolutely, you know, and you hit it right on the head with um, time management, the time and the place for everybody. There's a time to wake up. There's a time to be at breakfast. There's a time to you know, get taped up for practice or whatever you need. And there's a time to be in meetings and so on and so forth. So you have to make sure that you're aware of what time it is. When, it's, when we say it's time to chill, that's what you need to be doing. Chill. Go in your room. Uh, you know, hang out with the guys. But there's also a time where you probably need to you know, put your phone down. Uh, close your eyes, rest, um, regroup, um, you know, those types of things so that you're not all about ball, you know what I'm saying? Because like we talked about earlier, there's got to be some type of balance with everyone, players and coaches. Um, so I'm constantly, you know, with the new guys, hey, man, you know, you're, you're, you, you praise them up. Everything they do right, you praise them up. You know, if, if they – and for a lot of those guys they they haven't even been on special teams in a while i mean if you're the if you're the guy on your high school team, how many times are you on punt? you know what i'm saying i mean if you're if you're an offensive guy you know so you I'm just praising the guy up for for shocking and shedding the right way on a kickoff trip. you know what I'm saying you're just finding a way to 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 praise that guy for doing things that either he's never done in a hasn't done in a long time, or he hasn't done on the collegiate level before. And so once you do that, he's like, oh, I kind of, hey, you know, hey, coach just, coach just kind of gave me some props on, on this. I kind of like that. Or, you know, um, hey, I was, on, I was on time for this meeting. Hey, great job, guys. Great job getting here on time. That's what we, that's what we ask of you, you know, things like that. And those are the ways that you can kind of guide them along, push them along, because it is different. It's, a different. it's a different field. I've never done this on this field before or around these guys. Or I'm hearing different words. I've never heard this buzzword before. I've never heard this, this, this game looked at from this perspective. So it can be a, a, a lot just kind of thrown at you like, whew, wow. Two weeks ago, I was at the beach with my buddies. And now I'm like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. This is the same sport. Yeah, this is the same sport. Yeah, it's the same sport. But it's just more acts of you, um and I think you know once guys can kind of get used to a schedule because for a lot of those guys, they've never had okay, I eat from this time to this time, you know what I'm saying, or or we watch film from this time to this time, and so making sure that you're going about your day that has you getting to these places with the right mindset when you're there um, is part of the journey as well so you know, you just constantly just try to, you know, pull them along and and encourage them and you know say, and even even you know, you know the, the situations might like, well I kind of miss home a little bit you know, I tell guys man hey me too man I'm from Virginia so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know I, I feel you I understand it I, I you know I, I get it but God has us here for a reason and if He brought us here He didn't just bring us here to dump us off. I guarantee you that. So let's uh, let's let's execute uh, what we're here to do. And let's have the right mindset as we go about it.
2: Coach, man, the uh, the, the heavy hitting question I got here as we, we start wrapping down, um, you've been I mean, it sounds like you've been all over the world, but you know, you went to college in North Carolina. And then, you know, you've, you've been up in New York, and then you've been, you know, kind of East Texas, Louisiana area, and then you're right on the border now of Texas. But what place has the best barbecue? Are you a Carolina? <laughs> <family>? Uh-oh. <laughs> are, you, are, you oh, a guy? are you You can go PC on this, but, I mean, maybe you can just answer it with what's the best barbecue you've had.
1: Uh, if I don't say North Carolina, I will be in trouble. <laughs> 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 North Carolina barbecue. I mean, we had it on the orientation. We had it uh in camp. We had it every every uh, you know, my, my wife worked in the cafeteria. Um, so uh that's actually the first time I ever saw her was in the cafeteria. So, you know, she has her uh opinion on barbecue and obviously I moved I did, I moved down to Louisiana and and, you know, you, the recipe started getting a little different. Um, yes, I enjoyed those too. But, hey, my, I got to go home to uh, North Carolina. So I'm going North, North Carolina barbecue.
0: Great decision.
1: Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't going to get me in trouble.
0: <laughs> Great decision, Coach. Well, <laughs> well, uh, well, Coach, the last thing I always love to ask uh, guys on the podcast is uh, – when you get to watch other teams and you're watching all these offenses and, and you're getting to watch another team's offense, uh, what's some things that their offensive line would be doing uh, that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Uh,
1: I would say organization and communication. Um, you know, coaching tight ends, you work a lot with offensive, uh, the offensive line, and the offensive line coach. And so, you know, the things that I think are the best, you know, Andy Richmond here does a great job with us from an Organization and communication standpoint. That's number one. Identifying what we're what we're doing. What what's the call? What are we up against? What's the front? Um, And and how are we going to communicate it down the line? So if we're running zone, okay, it starts from the tight end and it's going to go. That call is going to go all the way down the line to the opposite tackle. You know what I'm saying? And so, mm-hmm. from an offensive line perspective, you know, that's the closest I've been to the position and from, from a tight end uh, position. Um, but those are the two things that jumped off. And then number three is just having a, uh, I, I guess, you know, a hammer mentality. A hammer mentality. We are the hammer out here. We are, we are in the business of moving human beings. OK, that is what we do. We move a human from point A and we move him to point B, whether he likes it or not. Those are the things that uh, that that we, that we preach um, with our guys. And and um, that's just the mindset that I, I, I will always carry with me from here on out. We are in the business of moving human beings, whether they like it or not. And, um, you know, when you look at that, you know, obviously. Um, technique is involved with it, but organization, communication, and having the mindset that I'm going to move this guy uh, no matter how he feels about it. Um, So that those are the things that kind of I've kind of learned over the years and especially here uh, at New Mexico state. So, you know, I I know you guys are, you know, you guys are, uh, you know, you guys would be wrong if you didn't ask the o line question. Um,
2: <laughs> i i was i was just gonna say i mean I'm, I'm i'm gonna ask coach harper i'm like coach harper if you had to guess right now i'm, I'm saying coach davis is a gap scheme power guy he sounds, uh, like a power, he sounds like a power guy to me
1: hey hey you know that yes i am <laughs> uh, power power counter you know gap scheme it up uh down down around um because you know that's what i mean coach menner came from nebraska he that's right we're about power football so from day one you know that's day one on job training um hey guys we're going to be a physical team we're going to control the line of scrimmage and we're going to run the football and you know that down down around that was the first play I, I learned how to draw up hmm. on offense was power um <laughs> it wasn't four vertical it wasn't you know quick game it was how, you how many ways can we draw up power uh <laughs> um but yeah so that that that's uh that's how, I, yeah, I enjoy uh, that play and that scheme as well. So um, I don't know if you guys have enough time, but I, I mean, I could talk power and run game with you guys, man. It would be a, it'd be a blast. But yeah, that's what I'm about.
0: And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.